Welcome to the Level Up Podcast, brought to you by Century 21, the Harrelson Group, featuring masterminds with real estate leaders, coaches, and influencers, plus eye-opening strategy sessions with up-and-coming agents. You'll learn exactly how to go from agent to entrepreneur. And now, let's get to the latest episode of Level Up. Hello, Level Up Land. It's Brendan Payne with the Level Up Podcast. I've got my partner, Greg Harrelson, on with us, and we have got uh, an incredible, incredible guest with us. Um, Greg, welcome. Yeah, thank you, Matt. Looking forward to this one. Yeah, this is going to be a really good one. So our guest today, Steve Harney, the founder of KCM, which many of you probably already know, Keeping Current Matters. He started that company in 2007 as we were um, in a big changing market as uh, as an opportunity for agents to get some data behind them. And he's going to share exactly what it's turned into. Now, Steve has got years and years in the business from an agent to an owner to growing his own brokerage to over 500 agents and um, is going to be a wealth of knowledge. So before I introduce him, take a minute now, grab your notes, grab your pen, grab your paper, grab something, because I know there's going to be a ton of good information here. Steve, welcome to uh, the Level Up Podcast. Thank you very much for giving me the opportunity to share some of my thoughts with your followers. I appreciate that a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What, uh, w- one thing I want to mention uh, beforehand for, to the audience is, you know, I think I was, uh, Steve, I, I, you, you, you kind of landed on my radar um, from a KCM standpoint, right? <laughs> I've been a KCM client for, uh, you know, uh, for a couple of years and and that's how you kind of got uh, my attention. You know, oh, this is the guy at KCM. But but over the last year, I feel like all of a sudden you st- you keep showing up a little bit more often than I than I can recall. And it's not necessarily only KCM conversations. You seem to have a lot of knowledge and 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 opinions and experiences when it comes to the overall real estate uh, r- real estate market. So how did you? Can you give us a little bit more of your background? from a real estate agent perspective. I just wasn't familiar with that in the beginning. Sure, all right. Uh, First, I got into the business about 35 years ago, became an agent, became the top agent in my county, uh, which is Suffolk County up in New York. Um, Mm -hmm. Went from there to, to, I was given an office, you know, asked to manage an office for one of the big brands. That office had some great agents in that office. We became the number two office in in the country for that brand. Uh, I could never beat um, Beverly Hills, no matter how hard I tried. And then uh, from there, I opened my own real estate company, which we grew to 13 offices and 550 agents. Wow. I sold that a couple of years back. You know, we dominated. We were a dominant broker. There was no number two. We were number one, and then there was everybody else. Um, then I sold that company and really retired. You know, I hit that ball pretty hard. And what happened was that was in 2004 going into 2005. I was sitting at home and then, you know, all heck broke loose in the real estate market. A bunch of my friends called me up and said, Steve, listen, we don't even know what to do here. You know, what do you think? So I started traveling across the country to people's, you know, companies saying, all right, this is what we need to do now. This is what we have to do here. Because I was always a person that looked a lot of data, you know, what was going to happen next. That's Mm -hmm. what my claim to fame is. So that's turned into a speaking career. I went around the country speaking. Um. I spent 250 nights a year for five straight years in hotel rooms. All right, so it was like wild and crazy. But I, you know, I've dedicated myself to the housing industry my whole adult life. That's how much I believe in home ownership. So uh, we went that route, and then 
from the speaking, everyone said, we want your presentation, Steve. You really explain exactly what's happening. And that made KCM. So we started KCM, you know, something to wear around 2008, 2009. And then about three years ago, I sold it to my son. Uh, and then I went into the ivory tower with the content team and, and the uh, research team. And so I said, let's really dig into the housing industry right now and arm agents with everything they need when things are, you know, uh, happening. And we've done very well. We have over 25,000 agents that now are subscribers. Um, but then what happened when well, you all of a sudden start seeing me again, when things are good, people don't really tap me on the shoulder and say, Steve, things are really good. What do you think? But when things start to get a little bit crazy, my phone rings off the wall. All right. Uh, whether it be broker owners of some of the biggest firms, whether it be top agents across the country, whether it be the top coaches across the country, you, you one of the top podcasts in the country. Uh, they reach out to me and say, Steve, uh, listen, you know, a lot of people are confused. Help us with that confusion. So I've been really, really, really busy lately. So my wife says, you, you realize you're no longer semi-retired. You're working more than most people work in a full-time job. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Well, one of the things that uh, we talked before uh, we hit the record button is about uh, what you just said. You know, when things start changing um, and things get a little weird, um, all of a sudden people start reaching out to you, right? And, right. Um, and, and that's kind of like the perfect segue for one of the questions that uh, Brendan and I wanted to talk with you about is, you know, there's so much chatter in the industry right now about a shifting market. The, the real estate coaches are out there saying, hey, everybody better get ready. Um, the market's shifting. You better do this. You better do that. I think that the, there's a little bit of maybe some confusion or fear with the consumers that the market is shifting. So just assume that the market is so-called shifting. What should agents be really thinking about right now? What should, what should not only agents be thinking about in order to continue to grow their business or even survive, um, depending on what the shift's going to look like, and, um, and also what on, on the content front, what kind of conversation should real estate agents be having with the consumers at this moment? All right. Well, first of all, let me talk to what the agents should do for themselves, because the first step is they have to control their own mindset. So whenever I, the first words out of my mouth, well, whenever I'm in front of agents live now, and I'm getting more and more of those requests, the, is I walk out on stage and, and I say seven words, calm down, sit down, think, plan, and that's all an agent has to do right now. And the hardest part is that first part. Calm down. All right. Is the market changing? Yes, the market's changing. For the better. It's normalizing. You know, I was teasing. A year ago, if an agent called me up or a broker owner called me up, you know what the biggest complaints were? You know what they were praying to the real estate guides for? Steve, we need more inventory. How do we get more inventory? We have buyers out here. We can't sell them houses because we have nothing to sell them. And the second thing they were complaining about is, there was all that talk of another housing bubble. This thing's going to crash again because prices are going up so fast. And then just a year later, our prayers got answered. We got more inventory and prices start to level off a little bit more into normal, not bad, normal appreciation levels. And now everyone's panicking over that. We got exactly what we wanted. And now we're afraid of what we wanted. <laughs> So everybody calm down. What's taking place is the market is normalizing. That's where the shift is. But the difficult thing is that um, everyone, Morgan Housel, the, the well-renowned financial planner, 
said this. He said, anytime there's change, people, like, they don't like to change. And they immediately drift to the negative. Like, what bad could happen with this change? Ladies and gentlemen, the changes that are happening in the market right now are guaranteeing you're going to have a good year. They're guaranteeing you're going to have a good career. We're coming into a place now. Now, going to your second point. If you don't know how to explain it, if you don't, you know, if the consumer is reading all these things are shifting, and that is a word that's used out there a lot, um, if they hear that word, they're starting to be, you know, confused. Well, what does this shift mean to me? Well, if we don't help them with that confusion, that confusion can turn to concern. If we don't help them there, that concern can turn to fear. And if we don't help them there, that fear can turn to panic. And that's what would cause a paralysis in our industry. But it's up to us, the true professionals in the industry, both on the real estate side and the mortgage side, to get out there and counter the negative comments about the shift with the reality of the situation. We have to control that narrative. If there's one thing I can get across in this podcast, it's up to us to control the narrative. The only group of people that can make sure that this doesn't get crazy are the realtors in this country. Hmm. We're the only ones that really know the housing industry. Yeah, good point. Brendan, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I really like, Steve, what you just said about the level of understanding, because I think a lot of us in, um, when you're learning the business and you're learning how to talk to the consumer, we may hear something else and we put our own spin on it or we kind of repackage it. But the effectiveness of really being able to communicate with the client and, and help them understand what's happening is it starts with you understanding it yourself. So can you Definitely. give us some, some insight? Like, for instance, I know in, in our market, our market doesn't slow down. We're not that seasonal. But you'll hear people say, oh, the winter's not a good time. I'm going to wait till the spring. And until that agent really has dug in and understands the truth behind that, the metrics, the data behind that, it is still just repeating something else. So can you give us some insight in, into maybe um, breaking down from maybe a national level into what are three or four things that an individual can really focus on to, to understand what there is going on in their market? All right, let's start with this because some agents just, you know, Steve, I don't really like to be a numbers guy. I don't want to be seen as a numbers nerd. You know, the real estate is a very personal business, and I want to get personally build rapport. Ladies and gentlemen, back in, you know, 10 years ago, if you brought a bunch of data to a listing presentation or a buyer consultation, you were considered a numbers nerd. I agree with that. You know what the consumer considers you now if you bring a bunch of data to explain your point? A professional. That's what professionals do. So now let's take a look at the point you just made, because I think it was a great point, Greg, uh, Brendan. The waiting until the spring, the buyer's market, the next couple of months before they put the house on the market. Well, you know, I, I get that that's the, what has always been said. You know, it reminds me of the story, you know, the husband comes home and the wife happens to be, you know, cooking dinner and she cuts off both ends of the pot rolls before she puts it in the oven. He goes, those are two great sides of meat. Why would you throw them away? She goes, that's how my mother taught me to do it. So he went to his mother-in-law and said, why would you cut off both ends of your know, both ends of the meat before you cook it? She goes, "That's the way my mom always taught me to do it." So he went to his great mother-in-law and said, "Hey, Grandma, why would you cut off both ends of the meat before you put it in the oven?" She goes, "My pan very small." <laughs> so generation after generation keeps on repeating something without understanding what the background of it was. 
What we really need to do now, that, that whole concept of wait until the spring died about five years ago, but nobody knows that. But let's not worry about the last five years. Let's worry about this year. Right now, the, when a seller wants to get the house on the market is when they have the best chance to sell it at the best price with the least amount of hassles. That's what they're looking for. So what they want to do is they want to make sure they put it on the market when they have the least amount of competition versus the amount of buyers. Right now in this country, and I can't you know, dissect every individual market, you have to go to your MLS to do this. But right now, there are less number of listings available for sale in this country than there has been over the last eight months. It's dropped like a rock. Well, Steve, listings have picked up. How could that be? Well, remember, the reason we wanted listings is that we had a whole bunch of buyers that couldn't buy something. Mm -hmm. Now they have something to buy. So as the listings come to market, they're getting gobbled up. So when someone says, yeah, I want to wait until the spring, say, no, listing inventory is low now. This is your chance. The, the, the uh, retort that a consumer might give you is, well, yeah, but there's a lot less buyers now. There'll be more buyers in the spring. So then you have to go right to month's supply of inventory, and you can get that off your MLS. Nationally, I'll tell you something interesting. The month's supply of inventory, which is really the ratio of how many buyers are out there to how many houses for sale, a seller wants that ratio to be as low as possible because that means they don't have a lot of choices. If they don't have a lot of choices, the seller gets a better price. They don't have to negotiate as hard on the home inspection. Any other challenges that come up, if they want to negotiate when they're leaving the house, all the challenges in the sale of a house kind of go away if you're the only house that the buyer could buy. They don't have as many options. So right now, the month supply inventory on the national level is 3.7. That's lower than it was last April in the spring buyer's market. Hmm. We have a better, you have a better chance of getting what you want right now than you did last spring. So to wait until this spring, when we know inventory is now starting to come on the market, all that pent up inventory for the last couple of years, doesn't make any sense at all. Now, I give graphs and charts explaining that all you know, to the KCM members so they, they, they understand it. They have to be able to explain it. But... The concept to waiting until the spring is hurting your sellers. So yeah. if you're not battling, if you're not debating that point, you're hurting them. You're not helping them. You know, one thing I want to just bring to the attention and kind of slow down for the audience for a minute and, and say, if as you listen to this, one of the things that Steve said was just, in, in my mind, really res resonates well with me. And that is, um, I kind of made some notes here. He, you know, he says, you know, change leads to discomfort or fear, and then that fear and discomfort leads to panic, you know, but before change, like, okay, who said change is bad? Like when we see the headlines out there that say the market's shifting, I mean, most of the headlines didn't start off by saying the market is shifting, it's a getting ready to crash. It just said the term shift, which is nothing more than change. How did we know that shift didn't mean it's changing for the better? You know, it's almost like, be careful as a real estate professional, be careful to the meaning that you give a term. If you give the, the meaning, the meaning you give to shift is bad, then you're probably going to have a tougher experience at navigating through this. What I hear you saying is that the shift was shifting to normal, but then normal to me sounds good. It sounds like where we were might have been bad, that the, right. shift, the normal we might actually be good. We, we, we were heading to uh, an affordability crisis 
yeah. we're heading to prices having to come, they crash down, but they're rapidly rising. But instead of this plane crashing, what winds up taking, now we're going to come into this beautifully soft landing. We're not even going to feel the wheels hit the ground. That's, that's exactly what we want. We want a normal market. So you can change the word shift to normal, but you also have to worry about control, controlling the whole narrative. Because I'll give you a perfect example. A week ago tomorrow, Zillow came out with a news release, uh, two weeks ago tomorrow, two, two Fridays ago. They came out with a news release saying, and the, and the title was, the number of houses they get above asking price is at a two-year low. Like somehow that was negative. And then right. the first line was, only 19% of homes get over asking price now. Oof. And I sat back and said, how could they spin that negative? <laughs> Imagine if you were in any other industry. And one out of every five customers came in and insisted that they're going to pay more for the item than what you're selling it for. Yeah. Any other industry would be well, hugging that process and saying, my God, this is great news. But somehow, even players in our industry were spinning that negatively. If, 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 if my spouse was uh, selling cars, she came home and she said, you know what? Only one out of five of our clients today were willing to pay over sticker price. When normally they argue the sticker price, I'm saying, I would say, my God, you had a great day. That's unbelievable. Right. But somehow to us, the fact that we jumped out of one out of four to one out of five are paying more than the seller even wants to get, somehow turned into a negative. I'm saying, no, that's not a negative. Yeah. It's not. Wait a second, guys. Let's everybody calm down. Let's think about this for a second. Yeah. And another spin on that is like, let's just say, you know, if we look at back in 2000, uh, say six and seven, um, or maybe 2005 and six, especially like that number of people paying over full price was really high. But what did that lead to? Exactly. Yeah. So it, it, even if we are coming down a little bit and normalizing, that's a gift because if we don't come down and normalize a little bit, we might actually have a repeat. And now, so you're a big content provider, or, or at, at least the company that you founded, I look at it as, wow, what a, what a gift you've given the industry in creating Thank all you. this content for us. And we really appreciate that. Now, from the perspective of content, how do we take what we just talked about and communicate it to the consumer so we can help the consumer and guide them of the narrative that they have in their minds? Well, I think, I think it comes into to three levels. Number one is every agent has to understand what's happening in the market. Not out of panic, not out of concern, but just sit down. Again, calm down and think about it. You have to understand what's happening. Then you have to understand why it's happening. That's crucial because that will enable you to answer your client's questions. And the, set, the last thing is you have to simply and effectively explain what's happening to the client so they can make the best decision for themselves and their family. So that's the key. Now, how do you do that? Well, first of all, you know, we're smart enough that we have a listing presentation. I hope most people have a, a presentation for the buyer consultation when they first meet a buyer. Right now, we probably have to dust off, in some cases, a price break presentation, because a price adjustment presentation, because we priced houses thinking the market was going to still fly and the market would eventually catch it. Well, maybe it's not going to catch it as quick now. So maybe we do have to make somewhat of an adjustment on some of the, you know, more uh, liberal pricing that we enabled. And then we should have a, you know, a presentation for the negotiation of the offer. 
You have to have content in each one of those presentation manuals, whether it be on an iPad or whether it be in a three ring binder. It doesn't matter. You have to have that content to, again, simply and effectively explain to the consumer. Like the example of don't wait until the spring. I think we have 10 slides that we put together for the presentation for that reason. Now, not only that, but Greg, I want you to understand that I don't know that we blow the appointment as much as we blow the pre-appointment appointment. Hmm. Let me tell you what I mean by that. Because there's so much confusion in the market right now, people are tapping us on the shoulder, whether we're at our daughter's basketball game, we're at the ballet, we're at the, the movie theater or, or the supermarket, and saying, listen, I was thinking about selling my house, but now I'm hearing that like you know, things are shifting pretty much, and I'm a little bit nervous. We better make sure that we have you know, it, it always drives me crazy. Agents on their smartphone have a picture of their cat, a picture of their kid or grandkid, and a picture of what they had for dessert last night at the restaurant. But they don't have great graphs showing what's happening in the market. Because at that basketball game, it's instead of, well, you know, the market's okay, we should get together tomorrow, blah, blah, blah. Oh, you know, everything's going to be fine, don't worry about anything. Oh, the market's great, oh, it's unbelievable, let's get together. Instead, if you said, here, listen, let me show you why now might be a couple of slides showing you why now, a couple of graphics, why now might be a good time. I can't give you, the, you know, all the reasons right now, but I want to let you know that I'm very, very confident this is a good time for you to sell your home. That gets you the appointment. We're not necessarily blowing the appointment. I think most realtors know how to handle the appointment. I think we're getting crushed on a pre-appointment appointment by not having that data ready with us. If a mother walks up to us and says, listen, my son and daughter-in-law just found out my daughter-in-law is pregnant. They're finally going to move out of a rental into a house. But you know what? I'm hearing all sorts of crazy things in the paper. I'm not sure if this is the right time to buy a house. Pull out your phone and say, well, let me show you a couple of reasons why maybe now is the time to buy a house. You're not going to get the kid to buy a house when, when, when you're sitting in the supermarket. But you're going to get in front of the kid in your office and his wife the next day. So we have to make sure that we have that content available there. Now, I think we should go to a next level. I think the great realtors over the next decade are going to be seen as the thought leaders in their marketplaces. They're going to be seen as the people that people that the consumer can depend on. And the way to do that is you have to load your social media. Load your social media with good content. People are putting out things like cherry pie recipes. People are nervous about whether to make a real estate move right now and you're sending them cherry pie recipes? Just think about that for a second. Now, I get the drill. I used to send out cherry pie recipes when I was an agent years ago. And what was the purpose of that? You put your, your contact information on the back and the recipe in the front. And you knew the homeowner was going to take a little magnet, like with an apple, and put it on their refrigerator for some period of time. And when they took it down, they would put it in their junk drawer. And we knew that when those people died, when the sellers died, and their adult children came into the house to take a look at the house, they go through the drunk drawer and they say, oh, mom and dad must have had a relationship with this realtor. Here's a card. What I'm saying to you is let's not wait for the sellers to die before we get the listing. <laughs> let's go in there now and give them great information as to why this might make the perfect time for them to move up or move down and have the data in front of us to explain that. You have to pile in your, your social media. Your, we, we put out four magazines a year. Things to consider when buying a house, things to consider when selling a house. Each is 20 pages long, beautifully laid out, filled with great content. Our members send that out to all the past CMAs, to all the people that ever talked to them about selling a house, things to consider when selling a house. 
And it's a PDF. You send it as, a, as an email or an attachment. But not sending that information out yeah. and instead telling them, like, trivia. Well, you know, when was the first year the Beatles arrived in America? Who cares? They're worried about whether or not they can get the right price for the house right now. Not when the Beatles landed in America. Okay, Steve. Yeah. Steve, one of the things that, um, that on that same note of being a thought leader and getting the word out, one of the biggest misconceptions that I heard you talk about in the last couple of weeks on, on one of your videos um, was, can you, can you explain the relationship between we're hearing the word shift, we're also hearing the word recession. So the relationship between what really happens in real estate markets in recessions historically. Okay. Well, first off, let's talk about the word recession and let's figure out why people are saying that. Because it was big news, headline news coming out of the Inman conference just two weeks ago. I think that as we get closer and closer to the next presidential election, we're going to hear more and more of that news because it's a negative word. And people like to push negativity around the political campaign, especially yep. in today's world. Yep. So the first off, the, where people are saying recession is coming is coming from three different reports. The uh, Pulsomics Home Price Expectation Survey, where they survey 100 economists, uh, market analysts, and experts. Um, the Wall Street Journal uh, survey of 36 economists, and the university survey of C C American CFOs. If you put all three of those surveys together and say, when do they think the next recession is coming? All three of them align. As a matter of fact, we have a graphic case here that shows that alignment that sometime later this year or sometime in 2020, there is going to be a recession coming. So Asians who do not know that and get hit by that by a consumer, all right, are going to be like stuttering. Well, yeah, yeah. because we all realize that the word recession equals, to, in many consumers' minds, housing crisis. Why is that? Because the last recession we had was caused by a housing crisis. So they put those two words together. So again, control the narrative. I don't like using the word um, recession. So any, we coach our people that if anyone uses the word recession with you, this is what I want you to say. You're right. There is going to be an economic slow time, slowdown sometime in our near future. But let's understand what that means. The definition of recession is that the GDP slows down for two consecutive quarters. So I tell our people, don't use the word recession. Use the definition of the word. Because as Greg, you mentioned just a few seconds ago, sometimes the word means something in a person's mind than what it really means. You use mm. the example of shift. Right? It has a negative connotation. Well, recession has a horrible kind of connotation. So let's shift it to the definition. I'm not trying to get, play word games here. I'm going to the Merriam-Webster definition of recession. This could be an economic slowdown. Two consecutive quarters where GDP is going to slow, slow up. That's going to happen. We're in the longest run-up of GDP in American history. But now the big question is, what does that mean to us? Remember what's gonna happen, why it's gonna happen, how to simply effectively explain the impact of it. So let's take a look at the, the recession. First off, in the last recession, obviously prices dropped because the recession was caused by prices dropping. In the four previous recessions before that in this country, three of those four recessions, prices went up. And the one they didn't go up, they went down less than 1%. So it doesn't mean a housing crash. Mm. As a matter of fact, you know, whatever that is, three out of four, 75% of the time, 
prices went up in two of those four times, they went up higher than normal appreciation. It actually forced prices up. So we can get into the whole argument why that is, but that's the facts. So we have a great graph showing that, that I tell every agent, make sure you have this one on your phone because you're going to get this question. All right, and you want to be able to show it. But better than that, the Home Price Expectation Survey was one of the surveys. They asked 100 experts. That same day, they asked the same people on the same survey what's going to happen to home prices during that time. Every, the, every one of the people on the survey, well, I shouldn't say that because it's an average. The average of the survey going across still said that prices are going to continue to appreciate over the next four years. Mm. The people who said the recession is coming also said, this isn't getting reported, also said it's not going to cause a depreciation in prices. And if an agent doesn't know that and just gets hit with that word, well, then they're like, they're, they're lost. They, you know, they, there's nothing they can say after that. Remember, the single most important commodity we have to sell right now in a, in a changing, shifting, whatever word you want us to use there, Anytime there's a change, the single most valuable commodity we have as a real estate agent is trust. People need to trust us. And if they hit us with a question, and either we don't know because we're uninformed, or we don't know because we've been hiding our head in the sand when we do hear about something, then when they ask us the question and we start stuttering about, well, you know, well, you know, I think everything is going to be okay. They heard that in 2008. It was a lie. Now we have to be able to tell them, listen, yes, you're right. There is an economic slowdown projected to happen over the next, you know, 18 to 24 months. But let me tell you exactly what that's going to mean to the real estate industry. And then simply and effectively and powerfully explain to them what happens during a recession. Because if you do that, everyone is going to do what? What I asked them to do. Calm down. Down, down. You know, one of the things that I, and I know we're getting ready to wrap up here, but one of the things that I wrote down is, we bring certainty to an uncertain environment through the education of the consumer. You know, when we start thinking about shift and we look at and listen to what Steve said, like shift and change sometimes creates fear and discomfort, and then that leads to panic, right? Well, I would say like discomfort and panic, that's when we're in an uncertain world where we're just not certain what's going to happen next, and then we get nervous, right? Mm -hmm. Well, really, Steve is really, you know, sharing with us, telling us, hey, we need to go ahead and be in communication, flood the consumer, whether it's through social media or our conversation, be prepared to educate them. And what I'm taking from that is as we educate them as to what's going on and how we should navigate through whatever changes may occur, then we are bringing certainty to an, to an uncertain mindset or into an uncertain world. And when we bring certainty to, um, uh, to those that are experiencing uncertainty, I think that's where we get them to calm down and we can then continue to move them forward, reach their goals of buying and selling. So that was kind of what I wanted to, to, to end with him, um, uh, what I wanted to say. Yeah, yeah, I agree 100%. So, and the other thing that I noticed in um, in listening to, uh, he's he's got a passion for getting the agents the data that we probably aren't going to take the time to run ourselves. And there is, yes. you can get, I mean, you could get all the way down to a single neighborhood, but he's giving you the talking points 
that now you can actually go and educate the consumer because what you have to what you have to keep in mind is every client that you're working with buyer or seller has an opinion has a perception of what's happening in the market if you don't explore what that perception is and give them some facts they're going to have their own whether you know what it is or not and the challenge is when you're trying to communicate effectively with, with them and trying to guide them through the buying and selling process, but you don't know what their perception is of the market, then it's going to be really, really difficult because you can't communicate until you know what they already think. Mm. So this is, these are all great talking points to actually get in a conversation and, and not only educate them, but get some information on where's their head at so that you can, you can provide a better service to them. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree 100%. I think that that uh, the podcast with Steve that ended that the I think the audience and those that are listening uh, to this, you really need to listen to this one again, there's a lot of nuggets in there. And if it's not like ABC, here's the ABCs of what to do. If you just listen to the dialogue, there's so many different things you can pull. Think of how he was thinking, just observe how his thinking, his responses, his approach, that's a great example of who we need to be for the consumer. So that's yeah. probably the last thing that I've got to say about that. I want to I wanna reiterate one thing that, I, that he mentioned very early on, that his, his, his first message to a group of agents when he's asked to speak in front of them, seven words. If you don't get anything else out of this podcast, these seven words are gold. Calm down, mm. sit down, Think, plan, and act. That right there was um, that was that was worth uh, everything right there. Yeah, I, I've got it on my I, my notes. Yeah. Hey, do you have? I know that you can go. Um, you know, to get information uh, about keeping current matters, you can go to www.keepingcurrentmatters.com to see what uh, you know Steve's uh, or I guess he sold the company to his son, but to see what that 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 company offers. I am a subscriber of that, and I, I would recommend everyone taking a look at that. And then I know he likes to connect with people on LinkedIn, and then I see him quite a bit on Facebook. And you can just go to Facebook and hit uh, uh, Steve Harney, H-A-R-N-E-Y, and, uh, and find him and uh, follow him if you'd like to you know, uh, learn more about what he's up to and listen to what he's got to say. Yep, his business page, he's got a ton of short videos. I'm just saying is kind of the theme. And then steveharney.com is, uh, is his website. So um, if you'd like more information on exactly what Steve provides in his service to help you become a better service provider for your clients, check out trykcm.com. That's T-R-Y-K-C-M.com. Steve is offering a free 14-day trial of his service. Okay. So what about you, Brendan? How can people reach you if they want to reach out to you? Yeah, that's why social media through Facebook and Instagram. And, um, and uh, yeah, love to, love to hear the thoughts and questions and other topics that we could uh, be talking about here on uh, Level Up. Yeah. And for me, if you want to just, uh, you know, ask me a question, go to Facebook uh, Messenger look, uh, or look for me on Facebook, Greg Harrelson. Uh, uh, go ahead and message me through the Messenger app. And uh, that's the best way for and most efficient way for me to get your communication and respond back. And then we would hope that you would, um, you know, maybe leave us a review on what you thought about this particular podcast uh, with Steve, as well as, um, you know, make sure that you hit the, the subscribe button so you can get a notification when we do more of these. Um, other than that, I think that's about it, Brendan. Sounds good. 